Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. Radio 97.7 100.1 ESPN Radio U What's up Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board today. You ready for that barn burner of a Thursday night football game? I'm glad uh, Tommy uh, highlighted that. Get in front of your TVs now and just stare at it waiting for the Niners and the Raiders. Woo! Let's go. Now watch it turn into like the game of the year in the NFL. How's everybody doing? Did you have a good Halloween? Huh? Did you get more treats than tricks, I hope? Too much candy today, like most of us? No one's happier on November 1st every year than your local dentist. So uh, good job eating all that candy and buying your dentist that extra boat they need. It's a beautiful thing. Hey, do you want to be a part of the show today? You can do that. You can do that. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter, where the show never stops. The text line is 288-0644. Those are the ways to get in touch. If you're listening on the radio, that's great. Don't forget the app is there for you. I heard from some people that actually said, hey, thanks for letting me know about that. I was out trick-or-treating last night doing the thing but wanted to listen to the show. I put the app on my phone. It's great. You should do that as well if you're going to be somewhere where you kind of want to take us with you and we like to go places, so please do that. Uh, The app is just the ESPN app. You find the Listen tab, which is very easy to find on the ESPN app, and then hit that little tab, and you'll see ESPN Syracuse on the list, and off you go into the world doing things, and we get to go with you. We have two guests joining us on this program today, very timely guest in a sense. Our friend Anise Schroff is going to join us in about 15 minutes from ESPN, of course, formerly of many media adventures right here in central New York, the ESPN reality show Dream Job, and now one of the great play-by-play broadcasters and studio hosts that ESPN has. He is calling the Maryland game this week. Now, I wanted to have Anish on anyway just to catch up as we do, talk college football, see how things are going, where he's been, what he's doing. He's always got strong opinions on Syracuse-related things. And then he landed in what is one of the bigger stories in, you know, not just college sports, but sports in general this week with You know what? I ranted about this to start yesterday's show. I will give partial credit to Maryland, although it shouldn't have taken a gargantuan PR embarrassment for them to fire DJ Durkin and start to clean house and do what's right at that school. But, you know, credit where it's due that they, you know, better late than never came to the realization that we probably shouldn't have this guy 
coaching our football team. Well, Anisha's calling the Maryland game this week, so how are they handling that? And all things college football. We'll catch up with our buddy Anish Shroff. We will also hear from the head coach every Thursday. Thanks, Brent. Dino Babers comes on board. A lot to discuss with Dino, with Wake Forest approaching, being back in the rankings, whatever rankings you want to discuss, 19th in the college football playoff, 22 in the AP, 24 in the coaches poll. Did you make your poll? I'm sure you have a poll on a website somewhere, and you put Syracuse in it as well. So we'll talk to Babers about that and much more. Hot takes on the way, SU hoops certainly on the table, and you know that's where I do want to start today. And you know they went out last night, and they certainly beat uh, Lemoyne handily, as you would expect, and you saw things that maybe you expected to see that came to fruition. O'Shea Brissett had a good game, and Buddy Beheim can shoot the lights out, and boy, Elijah Hughes looks like he is going to bring an infusion of offense to this team. It continues to be an exciting prospect for the upcoming season that we didn't get to see last year. We learned, not shocking news, but confirmed from the man himself. Oh, by the way, I gave out candy at home, and we only give out big bars of candy. That's right. That's right. I would not expect any less. What kind of candy I want to know? Are we talking big bars of Necco wafers or Werther's Original, or are we going like full-size Snickers there? What are we doing with so that was a funny moment at the presser because usually Syracuse doesn't even start. I looked at last year's schedule. The two exhibition games were on November 1st and November 6th. Then they started the season. So things got off a little earlier this year. So we got us a Halloween night exhibition game. We're confirmed. Now, it would have been better if Beheim was in costume at that presser, but we'll take what we can get, right? And, you know, players were talking afterwards. They're certainly excited for the season, as you would anticipate. Uh, I'm excited. Exciting. Um, I mean, I really think we're going to be pretty good this year. Um, and uh, if, if we put it all together, we're going to be tough to beat. And uh, I'm just ready to get it started. Tyus Battle, who played point guard last night. Uh, games have been good for us because we've had an opportunity for Tyus to have to play the point. You know, we don't know what's going to happen next week with the point guard position. We're just going to have to wait and see. Um, and uh, we, we won't know anything until probably right about game time next week. So Tyus might have to play the point. Resisting urge to bring back old interview with Jim where he laughed at me for said suggestion. And Jalen Carey's coming along. Coach, uh, how close was, was Jalen to point? Jalen Carey. Well, he was close. He was right there. I mean, he was right down there. That's, that's about how close he was. He was right there. I'm not a doctor. We'll see. When he's ready, he's ready. When that'll be is up to what he feels like he can do and when he can go. And I don't get involved in those decisions. It's up to training staff and a player. At the end of the day, it's the player that has to make the final decision here. That's Jim Beheim on Jalen Carey and Howard Washington is practicing. Certainly Frank Howard is back on track. We mentioned Elijah Hughes, who is an exciting scorer, as O'Shea Brissett told us. That's great. It's great. You know, he puts in a lot of a lot of hard work, um, night in and night out, you know, before and after practice. He's always there. So it's just good to see him get out there. I know he's been itching to play. You know, he had to sit that last year out, which sucks, but you know, it looks like he, he's been playing, you know, last year, the way he come out and, you know, give us the spark. So, um, you know, it's good. He's going to help us out once the big games come. And, you know, once we get our guards back, it's only going to be, you know, harder for the defense to guard uh, now that we add, you know, a lethal scorer like Elijah. Okay. 
that's all well and good. Everybody's excited for the season. There's a lot of things that we can chew on as we normally would coming off of exhibition season. But right off the heels of that game came what is probably the more significant news, and that is that a fourth player has been added to the class of 2019. And this fourth player who was added is named Quincy Garrier. And he has a very similar story to that voice we just heard, the voice of O'Shea Brissett. Because of how rankings work and recruiting things, he is not currently listed in U.S. recruiting rankings because he plays in Canada. That was the same case with O'Shea Brissett, who was, if you want to call it this, flew under uh, the radar screen. I guess that depends on what radar you follow because Syracuse knew about him, tracked him, knew about that program up there. Hey, they play hoops in Canada, too, and has come in and will be a first-round NBA draft pick. Last night, shortly after the Syracuse-Lemoyne game had concluded, or it actually might have been right before the game ended. It was certainly, oh boy, I saw it first at, like, I think right around 9 o'clock. So last night, as Syracuse is wrapping up its exhibition season, they get their fourth commitment in the class of 2019. Now, I don't want to make exact comparisons here, but it's hard not to think O'Shea Brissett in this sense. We have talked about Quincy with our friend Mike McAllister in the past. You guys are passionate about this stuff. You follow recruiting. I was walking uh, from my, my short a walk from Syracuse.com over here yesterday, and a guy was out for a smoke break, and I had my headphones in, and he just kind of stopped me and said, hey, I hate to bother you, but, you know, we're getting this kid, right? And this is who he was talking about, right? Like, fans are up on this. They know they're ready, they're willing, and able to to follow this stuff. But by the 247sports.com standard, he's 48th in the 2019 recruiting class. He is going to enroll in January. Now, he will probably sit out the remainder of this upcoming season while taking courses at Syracuse and practicing with the team. So that is the significant development here And that, yes, the class of 2019 with Bryson Goodine, John Bull, Ajak, and, of course, Joe Girard III, already pretty solid. This kid not only commits, he wants to come in early and get a head start on things. And when he said this, quote, when I talk with Tyus and O'Shea, they explain to me their roles. They're both probably going to leave after this season, so I'm going to have to fill that role. He also mentioned that Jim Beheim has been a regular at his AAU team's games this past summer, noting the relationship he also has with SU assistant coach Adrian Autry. As described here by our friend Mike Waters, Garrier combines athleticism with an excellent outside shooting stroke. Now, coaches and people that follow this stuff will tend to pump up players, cite their rankings, cite their skill set, and build them up a little bit here. But everybody I have heard who has seen this kid play, and I have not seen him in person, the first words out of their mouth are, this kid can shoot. Excellent shooter. Great shooting stroke. Scorer. Garrier said he made up his mind on coming to Syracuse on Sunday after talking to his mom on the phone. He said she was happy with the decision, in part because Syracuse is within a four-and-a-half-hour drive from home. He made his decision during a Montreal Television Network halftime show during the ESPN broadcast of the Knicks-Pacers game last night. Right after the announcement, he said he talked to Beheim on the phone. So, as mentioned, that adds in Bryson Goodine, for those of you that don't recall, a 6'4 guard, 
from St. Andrews and Barrington, John Bullock, 6'11 center from Westchester, Pennsylvania, and as you certainly know by now, Joe Girard III, the 6'2 guard from Glens Falls, the all-time leading scorer in the history of New York State. So now you've got to glance into the future, not that you know we're on the brink of the 2018-19 season. Let's look ahead to next year. But they are on a roll recruiting-wise, which is just a reminder of why you cannot go chicken little on me when they lose somebody like Cole Swider or even when they lose somebody who was supposed to be on this team named Darius Baisley. Uncle Brent's advice to you is always, they'll make up for it. They will find other players. Recruiting never stops. So here we are with four big-time commitments for the class of 2019. And if you want to get greedy, if you want to say, well, wait a minute, there's still a kid right up the throughway in Rochester and Isaiah Stewart, or you know, he's from Rochester, currently playing in Indiana, if I'm not mistaken, right? Somebody, if I'm wrong on that, but that would be a gangbusters recruiting class if you can get those five. It's already really good. It's already going to shoot Syracuse up the rankings. And, you know, this is a season where you have five returning starters. You're adding in Kerry. You're adding in Bayheim, You're adding in Elijah Hughes. You're adding in, you know, depth. You're adding in everything you need. You're adding in a team that is healthy as opposed to last year when they were scraping by with six guys. Last night, just an exhibition game, but they scored more points last night than they did in any regular season game last year. This team can just flat-out score. And then when inevitably Tyus Battle leaves, and I think O'Shea Brissett will join him, and there's always a surprise or two in terms of transfers who's going here and there, you're just building in depth on top of that. Fans not only like to know that their current team is good, but the future is set. That's why... Football fans are kind of nervous and on edge about Dino Babers. Now, I don't want to say it's, how can I put this? Because these are good reporters that are saying this. Like Pete Thamel from Yahoo, who is a Syracuse guy, as you know, is a good college football reporter. And Bruce Feldman is the best in the business. So if they are saying that Dino Babers will at least be considered for the Maryland opening, that's an educated guess on their part. It's not that anybody's contacted anybody or... Dino is showing interest in that job. It's just like, here's the list of coaches they should go offer. Or we have heard they will be interested to see if they're available, right? The speculation game underway with DJ Durkin fired, right? Fans like to know that the future is good, not just the present is good. As we sit here at a time when the football team is ranked for the first time since 2001, both men's and women's basketball join them in the rankings, albeit their preseason rankings. And that's the first time all three of those programs have been in the top 25 at the same time. So where we stand today, nobody does the State of the Union on November 1st, but the State of the Union is strong. I think the lacrosse team is going to be much better this year if you want to go down that road. I mean, things are pretty strong. Our next uh, go-around with John Wildhack is on Monday, and if he wanted to step up here and do a State of the Syracuse Athletics union speech, that's what he would say. And he'd have every right to say it. Now, we'll see how the season plays out. Jim Beheim would be the first to tell you none of this means anything. You've got to improve. You've got to show what you're capable of. But I'd be really stunned if this isn't a good team. And that's with injuries and unforeseen things. They'll lose some games they shouldn't. We know the roller coaster ride that this four-month season can be. But here we are, man. Halloween clears. 
No more exhibitions. It all starts Tuesday night, which happens to be election night as well. Speaking of State of the Unions and things of that nature, go out there, vote, do your thing. Yay, democracy! Watch SU basketball get it underway while we do it. So last night, I thought going in, the big thing I'd be discussing today was kind of either affirming things you think about this upcoming season or looking forward to other things based on what you've seen in exhibition play that you're looking forward to. But then Quincy Gary, you're committed. And I said, well, it's not even this season that's more on my mind today. It's the season after that. So more on that to come. We will certainly hear more from players in the locker room, from Coach Beheim, and we will do that whole how we think this team is going to be thing. But we've got a few more days to certainly do that before it tips off on Tuesday. We mentioned Coach Babers joining us. We mentioned Anish Shroff is coming up. So why don't, why don't you say we take a break and we'll talk to Anish coming up around the block, ESPN Radio. So glad to have you here back after this. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Yes, it is, Voice Man. It is presented by Fusillo Automotive. It is great to be here on this Thursday afternoon. Hope everybody had a terrific Halloween. Had way too much candy today. See, when you have seven mini Snickers, it's healthier because they're the mini Snickers, right? It's not how that works, no? I'm in trouble. Head candy inspector. Did his job well last night. Fortunately, people really had to do that. I don't know if you saw that uh, story we had on Syracuse.com, other media outlets, some real scum of the earth putting rocks in people's candy up in Mexico. And it's just, it's a crazy world we live in. It's sad we've got to do these sort of things, but we do. But uh, despite that, hope you had a great Halloween. And here we are in November and we've got exhibition season in the rearview mirror, real basketball on the way. The football team is ranked and heading into a game against Wake Forest. And a lot to discuss. Recruiting is killing it. For SU basketball, Quincy Garrier added to the class of 2019. That's four rock-solid players coming in with perhaps a fifth on the way as well when Isaiah Stewart makes his decision. Now, something that came up last night is something I want to discuss here. We will hear from Coach Babers later this hour. I will, a full disclosure, we recorded this interview before I saw this report and saw this out there, and I don't really think he'd have much to add to it anyway, to be honest with you, but... Now that D.J. Durkin has been fired and, you know, partial credit to Maryland for writing that wrong and the Board of Regents and the president of that school for writing that wrong, but you should have done it months ago. The fact that, and I understand this process and you don't want to dot your I's and cross your T's, but the original intent was you were going to bring him back. So they fired him, so naturally speculation begins. So I saw last night Pete Thamel at Yahoo, Bruce Feldman, who is now, is Bruce with The Athletic now? I, I know he's uh, still doing his thing. He's one of the more reputable and, and credible and, frankly, good college football reporters out there. Now, the way they made these lists was not, they're not reporting this. They're just saying, okay, well, here's who Maryland could go after. And Dino Babers was on that list. Now, I am here to tell you that I wouldn't put my money on that. And I think most Syracuse fans look at that and kind of roll their eyes and say, why is that a better job than this one? The answer is it's not. There's no emotional ties there. He's not an alum there. You know, they can't pay him much more than Syracuse can. It's Yeah, it's Big Ten over ACC if that's a thing, but why go into that mess with the momentum you're building here? That's just not really informed speculation. It's just speculation on the part of anybody that would put that out there. But what I'm here to tell you is get used to it 
Get used to openings coming up and Dino's name being put on that list. So people that have been out there, and I want to hit the phones here a little bit at 437-7644, and this whole pay Dino thing, I mean, people are just short of a panic on this. And I've got more thoughts on that that I will uh, give to you momentarily here. I want to hear what Tony in Eastwood has to say first at 437-7644. He's on the block, ESPN Radio. Hey, Tony. Hey, good time, Brent. Thank you for taking my call. No as always. What's cooking, man? Well, this is what I mean. I um, I just wanted to share a little bit of what you mentioned about coach, and it's something that um, I think we all have to kind of get used to the fact that his name is going to come up. Now, my 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 comment would be is, you know, if we continue to you know stay, you know, win seven games, six games, and make it to those lesser bowls, I think he'll probably stick around. But I think if it's we it's we continue to build, and we now we start getting up to those eight, nine, ten wins, and we start going through some major bowls, his name is going to uh, surface in uh, uh, bigger jobs. And I just think it's just uh, it's going to be a matter of time. So I'm just going to enjoy him while while he's here because uh, he, is, he is a high commodity. You can just tell by the way he interacts with his players. He's a, definitely a player's a player's coach. You know, he's just very interactive with the with the players, you know, with, and, and just the, the, the type of person that he is. I just wanted to share that, and I'd like to hear your comment. Thank you Tony, very much, Tony, thanks for the call and the thoughts, and I agree with a lot of what you said. You want a coach that, des- that is desired by other schools. See, now what we're seeing is the evidence is being put into play. It's not just faith. He has taken a program that has been out of the AP Top 25 since 2001 and put him back in the poll. He's taken a program that – you know, had some blips on the radar screen, but mostly losing or 500 seasons from 2001 on and put him in the college football playoff rankings this week. He has wins, albeit all these at home, but they are wins over Virginia Tech, who was ranked over Clemson. It was number two in the country and nearly beat Clemson again this year. Florida State, mind you, not the powerful, mighty Florida State they used to be, but it's still a name brand win and in a ranked team at NC State. There were some flaws there, the defense collapsing the last two years. There were some injuries they had to overcome. They have certainly more depth this year, but still have to build it up even more. He has a quarterback in Tommy DeVito that appears to be the quarterback of the future for this program. By the way, I, I was tweeting at me, or I can't remember where it was the other day, just railing on me about recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. And I'm like, have you been paying attention? Andre Schmidt is up for the Lou Groza Award as one of the best kickers in the country. They recruited him, Taj Harris, Nikeem Johnson. Uh, Ed Hendricks, before he got hurt, was looking like somebody who was going to get on the field. If you haven't noticed, there's a lot of young players, both freshmen and sophomores, that this staff recruited that are playing and playing well. Now, yes, the recruiting rankings will tell you that next year's class is at the bottom of the ACC, and there is certainly work to be done there, but... They have recruited some players that have gotten on the field and made plays in big boy football games. For those that are on the pay Dino thing, what I will tell you is this. and I want to be clear about this. I'm not reporting this. This is informed speculation on my part. This is based on conversations I've had behind the scenes, and it is based on just the opinion I have had of having on-air conversations with the athletic director regularly, which we will do again on Monday, by the way. John Wildhack will join us here on this program on Monday. And I will certainly ask him about this. I don't want to show him all my cards here, but you know, it's gotten to the point where certainly people are asking about it. 
They are not going to let Dino walk. They will, if, if it comes down to that, pay him. Now, let's not forget it's not just about paying Dino Babers. It is about paying a staff of assistant coaches that come with that. And that is almost more important to a lot of coaches than, you know, you getting a bonus of some sort. And all coaches have incentives in their contracts. If you reach a certain number of wins, if you reach a certain bowl game, if you reach, you know, uh, this many league wins, we haven't seen Dino's contract because Syracuse is a private school and they have no obligation to disclose it to us. Every year, USA Today does that database where they list all the play, all the coaching salaries, pardon me, and they can see the contracts. They're public documents of public schools. That's not the case at Syracuse. So I don't know what his contract says in terms of bonuses and incentives and builds up and, and raises. And if you get to a bowl game, we give you this because I haven't seen it. But what I have been assured is they're not going to let him walk. If he walks, it will be his choice for other opportunities. And, and look, I don't want to speak for Dino. This is just informed opinion. I don't think he's got a strong desire to leave. I think he likes it here. I think he likes the program that he has, what he's building. This is a guy who's, what, 54, 55 years old, has been in coaching for a long time. This is a place where, you know, you can settle, build a program, and you can get paid. Are you getting Nick Saban money? No. But Dino, does. he certainly, like anybody, wants to be fairly compensated, but he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's motivated by that. I think I've had enough conversations with Dino on and off the air where he's not one of these, I'm in it for the $4 million or whatever it is. Now, the balance there is you have an agent and you have a situation where, you know, the market bears what it does and you need to be paid equally. But remember, Syracuse is in a situation now, and I, I saw, just spotted a tweet during the break that speaks to this from, uh, let's see, at MA Spinelli 84. We better not be cheap and pay Babers, cheapskate Syracuse. I know in the past that's been the case, but they no longer have that excuse. You have ACC television money coming in, and that's only growing. You have a network that comes into play next year that will only add to that pot. You have, you know, a number of financial resources available to you that are not there now. Now, you're not swimming in cash here. You're not Scrooge McDuck waking up in the morning and diving in your vault of money. But you've got the money to pay a staff and to pay a head coach in the ACC for big boy football. This is why fundraising is important. This is why everything behind the scenes is important. You've got a renovation coming at the Carrier Dome. It's going to cost a lot of money. You've got facilities that you've upgraded to this point that have cost a ton of money. You've got coaches you have to pay in other sports. That's why it's important that they've got to do their job, and they're starting to, and people recognize that. They're getting the win. Look, we'll see how this season plays out, but if they win three of their last four even, if they run the table, they're 10-2. and two. I don't think you can do that with that defense, but even if you win three out of four, that's nine wins. That's a five-win improvement. Not only do you notice that, and donors and alums and big names notice that, other schools notice that. So you're not wrong to, you know, <laughs> come out and say, they better keep this guy, they better pay this guy, they better do what they can to keep him here because we like him and he's a good coach. You're not wrong to say that. But I think times are different now. Times are different in the fears that you had of other coaches not being compensated, even Doug Marone. I mean, I think we've evolved well past even what Marone was asking for behind the scenes and didn't get. 
I can't guarantee you anything, but rest assured, every effort will be made if push comes to shove that he will be kept here. And again, I don't think he's banging on Wild Hack's door asking for raises every time this comes up. But it's going to come up more, so it's going to be interesting to see how it's all handled. Uh, let's see what Dom in Syracuse has to say at 437-7644. Dom, you're on the block. What's up, buddy? X-Man, is that you? It is me. What's happening, Tom. man? Tom. Tom. Oh, it's Tom. I'm sorry. What's going on, Tom? All right. Hey, um, I mean, you can't blame people for having, getting anxiety over this because of what's happened over the last 30 years, starting with McPherson, then Marone. And, and they haven't paid their coaches. They haven't. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll go after this big search. You know, some coaches were, I mean, Marone was a good, was a good fit. Others uh, have been bust. But historically, they pay their football coaches, and Beheim for that matter, you know, below average. And I'm just thinking, you know, I mean, everything you say makes sense, you know, that they see what's going on, blah, blah, blah. But, boy, that's not etched in stone. And I'm just thinking, say if he did leave, for greener pastures and more money somewhere. I'm telling you, X-Man, this, this program, you think that it, um, it went into a tailspin after Greg Robinson? I mean, it would be it, it, it would be a mess. So they, they have to keep this guy. They have, I, I hope they realize what would happen. And see, my, my answer to that, left. yeah, Tom, my answer to that is they know that and they realize that. And you've got different people in charge, some of which you know, some of which you probably wouldn't know unless you, you really follow things closely at Syracuse, but that old guard is is pretty much gone. And thanks for the call and the thoughts. I can't guarantee it. I can't tell you, you know, they will not let him, they will barricade him and, and lock him in a room and make him sign it before. No, like, you always have to keep a window open here. But it's a good problem to have because you have a coach other people want. They realize that, and they have more resources to ensure it doesn't happen. Now, somebody brought this up to me, and it's a fair point. Like, well, what about Mike Hart? And my answer is, you got to let Mike Hart go. If someone wants to pay him three hundred grand to be a running backs coach, which Indiana did, and remember, Big Ten money, because they got in early on the Big Ten network, and they've got a lot more money to distribute to all their schools, and even a, a program like Indiana can dish out that kind of cash. You also have to know when to cut bait. You also have to know what battles to fight for. Was that a battle you really want to fight? That Mike Hart's got an offer to make that much as a running back coach? If you're Dino Babers, is that the hill you want to die on? Because the answer to that is no. What you say is, man, if he wants to go, he wants to go. And there was other considerations there other than money, by the way. And we'll just leave it at that. Sorry to be a tease on that, but it was about a lot more than money. There's philosophy differences there. It was one of those, hey, thanks for coming, but... You go on to Indiana and do great things. We'll break on that note. We'll come back. We can certainly talk more about this. We've got some hoops to get into. Look, the last night was interesting. It reaffirmed some things, I thought. I'm as excited about it as anybody to see, you know, what this team is capable of. But, man, when you get a big recruiting class piling up next year with the commitment of Quincy Garrier, it's almost more interesting to talk about next season than this upcoming one. Notice I said the word almost. And speaking of Dino Babers, we'll hear our weekly chat with the head coach coming up. So still a lot to do. Stay right there.